previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hey everybody, welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island UK in the USA. My name is Ben and with me as always, my podcasting partner and partner in life, Becca. Hey, hey, I'm hungry, as usual, so let's get right through this very exciting, jam-packed, mega episode. I know so much happened on this episode of Love Island, and we are super Love Islanded over here because we're watching season seven now, though it is not yet available on Hulu to stream. Most of our listeners, we know you're watching season seven on Hulu, and we will have our weekly season seven podcast for you on that Hulu release schedule. So you finish a week of the show on Hulu, you got an episode, a little bit, leave it to go along with it. This isn't hectic at all. was not my decision to keep going with season six as we're going through season seven as well, but I think we're up for it, right? You can't just abandon season six. You just can't tell them, okay, sorry, guys, sit down and shut up and wait your turn. You can't do that. That's not right. These are our friends. Okay. Oh, yeah. We can't really let them wait eight weeks for those final six episodes. No, that's not right. And by the way, today, the day this posts on Spotify and all those other places is the day that the first episode of season seven gets released on Hulu. So after you're done with this, go check out season seven. It's a trip. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have Love Island back. I'm really glad to have it back. In addition to all of the crazy stuff that happened in this episode, we're going to wrap up our interview with Worldwide Casting with Joel and Kathy. Oh man, what is even happening? So should we talk about episode 30? Yes, episode 30 begins with a recoupling. Shauna, Demi, and Natalia are all on the line. Yeah, one of the things that really struck me as odd about this recoupling was that Jamie picked first. Which I know they do that sometimes. They bring the new people in, have them pick first to shake things up. Do you think that's what was going on here? Because I thought it destroyed a lot of the suspense. Well, it certainly left Luke M sweating for a good half hour or however long it took them to film that. I think they just wanted to watch Luke M twist in the wind. And twist he does. So Jamie starts off, he picks Natalia. Whose banter is at the exact same level, which is not true. But okay, Sean is obviously relieved and Luke M again looks terrified. Yeah, we all lie to ourselves in the villa. Because he's going to have to make the hard decision. And then Callum picks Molly. That's no surprise. She makes me smile when I wake up. We'll walk the dogs together. And I just want to prove how special she is. Callum did a good job. Yeah, I thought it was a lot better than anything he ever said about Shauna, honestly. I think it's a lot better than anything he's ever said, period. Yeah. I also had this strange feeling like the producers are helping them with the words by this point in the series. I don't think so, because the people who are smarter and more eloquent, their speeches are smarter and more eloquent. The speeches sound like them. I agree with that, but they do seem a little too rehearsed to me. Anyway, Mike comes next. He picks Priscilla. Mike nails it. Mike continues the summer of Mike. He says that Priscilla is smart, articulate, speaks wisdom and speaks her mind. He doesn't even mention her looks. Yeah, I am just going to go out on a limb here and quickly say that 
I am really reevaluating my whole opinion of Mike now that we've been rewatching this season. I actually think he's one of the more compelling people on the show, ultimately. Totally. I think he's an unsung hero. I think he doesn't get enough credit for making season six move. Yeah, he had some moments where his behavior was less than ideal, but in the great Love Island pantheon, are his mad moves really that terrible? Yeah, I, I don't think so, in hindsight. Next up, it's Finley, and he, of course, picks Paige. Finn spends 20 hours smiling, four hours pulling his hair out. I just love the way Finn and Paige talk to each other. It just it feels very true. Finn's caught the feels, and he can't wait to meet her family. And her wee dog, Kevin. Before Paige goes over to Finn, she hugs Shauna first. Yeah. I'm sure Finn can't be done with Shauna soon enough. Then we've got Chad, and he, of course, couples up with Jess. He's surprised to find somebody so smart to talk about intellectual things with, like feminism, which on the one hand is like the stupidest thing he could have said. And on the other hand, he's not wrong. Yeah, not wrong at all. And he kind of stumbles and stutters with his words a little bit. Yeah, see, not rehearsed enough. Yeah, I actually thought he was being very genuine. Yeah, she's a sweet one, isn't it? I am a big Ched fan. Yeah, and he wants to see if Eve approves, which is great. And then it's a big episode for these guys. You're giving me the signal to stop talking. No, I'm excited. Luke T, another guy who knocks it out of the park. He sees Shawnice so clearly as an individual, and he mentions her outfits, her dance moves, her made-up phrases, how she stands up for herself, for him, for her friends. And then I didn't cry, definitely did not cry, when he said, not only do I see this in you, but my mom sees it too. I definitely did not tear up. There was definitely no heartfelt moment there for me. I have no feelings. Yeah, this is not at all the point in the season where we've developed unhealthy parasocial relationships with all the contestants and feel connected to them in very intimate yet unhealthy ways. I identify with Paige and Finn. They feel very much like in our flavor. But Luke T and Shawnee's like are interesting and exciting in a way that Paige and Finn are just not. Yeah, I can see that. And then, of course, wrapping things up, it's Luke M. Shauna has to know, right? Shauna has to know it's over for her. I think she knows going into this recoupling what's going to happen. She's so dumb, though. She could have so easily been rid of Natalia and done all of us a favor. Yeah, I really don't know what to make of all of that. I don't understand why she didn't go and graft harder on Jamie, who clearly would have picked her if she had given him any signals. Maybe she's not the worst person in the world. Yeah, I guess that's true. So anyway, poor Luke M. He acknowledges that the lady he's going to choose hasn't had the best luck in there, but that's going to change. He's going with his heart and his gut to make the hardest decision he's ever made in his whole Lukey life. His whole Lukey life. I like that. And he picks, of course, Demi. And she's surprised. Yeah. She totally thought that Luke M was going to pick Shauna. I think she's the only one who thought that, but that's okay. I can see that's an anxiety reaction. Yeah. So Demi is thrilled. Shauna is a little stunned and Paige is devastated. She is crushed. Oh, and I did not mention a very bad, bad cover of Mr. Sandman, the old 1950s pre-Beatles song. Mr. Sandman, that one? Yeah, they did this really awful, slow female singing in front of a sparse piano cover. Any other Grease 2 fans out there? 
Remember that song from that movie? From the talent show rehearsals? Yeah, that's a deep cut. So Shauna is getting ready to leave. And they give her a very nice send-off and kind of extended packing and goodbye sequence. My favorite part is at the beginning of that, though, when they're all hugging by the fire pit. And she goes, it's fine, guys. I'm ready. I'll just miss Paige. <laughs> like, fuck all you guys. I only care about Paige. I'm out. And that's not what she meant, obviously. Paige acknowledges that Shauna has been as much of a part of her journey as Finn has. Obviously, this is a very special friendship. So Shauna saying, I'll just miss Paige is understandable. And I think everybody understood it in context, but it's really funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And I get that she is ready to leave. Mike hopes that her Prince Charming is waiting for her on the outside. Little does he know that he is literally waiting for her on the outside. I now kind of get why she would want to leave and that this actually is a good time for her to leave because all of that sympathy that she built up with the public, if she did go into a relationship that was very obviously fake, then she might lose a lot of that credibility with the public. It might have been Luke M or nothing because she knew that the public was shipping them. So maybe I wasn't giving Shauna enough credit. Maybe she's actually really handled this all perfectly from top to bottom. Well, we're still talking about it. So obviously she's a goddamn mastermind. Clearly. Not a mastermind is Callum who brings her her shoes. And I love when she said, what would I do without you? Probably still fucking be here. So no hard feelings there. Got to appreciate it. Paige and Shauna have their last few moments on the snog porch, talking out their true romance. Most of the funniest people have left at this point. Yeah. After Shauna leaves, look, I like the rest of this cast. They're fine. But at this point, we've lost most, if not all, of the really great cast members for season six. I mean, I would say Mike, Priscilla, Paige, and Shawnee are like the funniest ones left. Yeah. And Shawnee is not funny on purpose. Yeah, Shawnee is very entertaining. I would agree with that. And I think Mike and Priscilla are my favorite couple that's left. I know you love Finn and Paige, and there's no slight against them. They're great too. But I think Mike and Priscilla are my personal favorites. That's fine. Poor Shauna. It's awful to have to leave solo. But it is very dignified, her exit. Yes. They did a good job with it. She did a good job with it. And she's still the hero of the season, even though she doesn't make it to the final. I agree with that. You know, another interesting thing I noticed is that whenever a core cast member or an original cast member or someone who arrived really early, whenever they leave this late, it really does make the other longtime cast members reflect on the fragility and kind of the temporary status of the situation of the environment and being in the villa the circle of life there you go you can insert your own on key singing yeah the other thing i would say is that this episode and shauna's departure feels like the closing of the penultimate chapter of the season and that we are entering the season's final act. Yes, we are entering the final week. So literary or not, that is also true. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, there's an event that really marks that transition. And I think Shauna leaving is that event. The whole thing does cast a little bit of a pall over the villa. Uh, not everybody's bummed. Nope, not everybody's bummed. And we do see all the couples get their one-on-one time. I mean, Paige and Finn are crying. Mike and Priscilla are putting the past behind them. Natalia and Jamie, she actually says something nice. For a change. Jess and Ched feel closer. Callum and Molly are still only chicken pecking. Let's get to Luke M and Demi because that's where it gets interesting. Yeah, let's. 
Luke M and Demi are not bummed. They are very happy. They have reunited. They're an official couple. Luke T and Sean Ace are very happy. Instead of reflecting on their own relationship, they are patting themselves on the back and high-fiving over Luke M and Demi. So of course, it follows naturally that when Luke M and Demi start a snogging, Shawnice has to interrupt them. Another interruption. It's like a give a mouse a cookie type thing. <laughs> if you give a Luke a wet willy. Good one. So soon everybody is getting ready for bed and under those covers. It's a little busy tonight. Lots of feet moving. We didn't get too pervy, so we didn't write down who was pervin', but use your imagination. The next morning, these islanders, they look a little rough. I don't think they got very much sleep before this beautiful Valentine's Day morning. It was also one big sleepover. Everybody was finally in the same room. We all know Finn snores, so... Yeah, and we also know those eliminations sometimes can happen really late. Yeah, but they also get forced to go back to bed if they wake up too early, so who knows? Yeah, you know, and then they also had to record all of that content after the recoupling, too. So I'm sure they are very tired. We get an early morning text. Demi and Luke M are going on a date. Do you think Molly's pissed that she and Callum didn't get a date? It certainly looked like she was pretty pissed. But I get it. I mean, the people want to see Demi and Luke M. That is really what they want to see. And I'm sorry, Molly. The people did not want to see you and Callum. They were really upset about Shauna still, I think, at this point. And the producers know what they're doing, at least in terms of selecting someone for the date. The bicycle built for two would probably not have been my choice for a date involving Demi. Or Luke M and his gorgeous hair. Right. Yes. His, the helmet completely destroys his fabulous hair. Demi can't stop screaming the entire time. And by the way, at this point, can you really blame Nas for ditching her for Eva? Oof. Oof. Yes and no. Yes, I can because she's lovely. And no, I can't because she wasn't the right girl for him, screeching or not. I mean, she sounds like she does talk like a character from Peppa Pig, which is not necessarily a knock, but I can just hear him. She also reminds me of a character from Blackadder's Christmas Carol, but that's neither here nor there. Meanwhile, back at the villa, Ched has been inducted into the breakfast club. Yes, and Ched reveals to the gentleman that he had a little bit of tomato. The men all reinforce the fact that breakfast is the most important meal of the day and therefore must be talked about. What is a little bit of tomato? Is that like a few tugs? Maybe a graze? A caress? A gentle caress. Well, I mean, given his size, if he's proportionally built, I feel like that's an accident waiting to happen. Bad news on I've been in men's locker rooms many times over the course of my life and it ain't proportional. I too have been in many men's locker rooms over the course of my life. What? I don't know. I just wanted to say that. I actually have not. I didn't say it was like two feet long. I'm just saying like it's probably a very like active third member of their relationship. I don't know. Let's talk about the picnic and poor Luke's hair. Yeah, they both like festivals. They both want to travel. And Luke M has been traveling around going to festivals. Croatia, Amsterdam, Ibiza. I mean, it's a little less impressive when he says he's going to festivals. But who am I to judge? I'm old and cranky and hate festivals. So at least he got on a plane. Compared to some of the things we've seen in season seven, which you'll all see soon enough, good for him for getting on a plane and traveling. Absolutely. So they start talking about Red Car, where Luke M is from, and nobody knows where that is. And Demi says, no wonder you're always traveling. How do you live? Like, Demi, people live in small towns. They do. They just live there. 
I don't think he deserved like the pity. She like kind of talked down to him for a second. I think the really good looking guy from a teeny tiny town has become a Love Island trope, by the way. So in any case, the date goes really well. They are liking each other more as time goes on. And the date ends with a sweet little kiss. And then it goes right to them returning from the date. They go right back to the villa. Yep. And as always, we get our gender separated post-date discussions. But nothing really interesting happens. Luke nope. tells the boys they had a good date, brought us closer. Of course, he got a kiss. Demi tells the girls about the screaming. Same shit. She feels comfortable being affectionate with him now, which I thought was nice. She feels like she could just go over to him and touch him or kiss him if she wanted. And that is a nice, you know, relationship milestone, I'll say. Yeah. Oh, by the way, another very quick bad cover alert in a weird way. So they play that hipster song. I'm in love with you. You're in love with me. You're my sweetheart. You know, that it's one. It's not a hipster song. I it's think like it's some like a stomp clap. Yeah. Hipster stomp clap. I guess it's not hipster. It's just twee stuff. And then they play a weird slow cover version of that. Eek. No. That cover is not Bay. Not Bay. Unlike the challenge. Valentine's Bay. Now, this is a challenge where you have to carry a tray of spag bowl and two glasses of red wine through an obstacle course and finish off with a little Lady and the Tramp style spaghetti consumption. I doubt that was really wine, though. It looked too thin. Uh, it could have been very, very cheap wine. I can't imagine they're giving them really good wine on the show, but wine is so much cheaper in Europe, so maybe. That's true. Callum and Molly start things off, and they do a good enough job to be the demo couple. They're followed by Mike and Priscilla, who, mm, not so much. Mike takes a tumble. They're disqualified. Natalia, surprisingly competitive. Yeah, she was competitive with Jamie, how she wouldn't let him eat that little bit of spaghetti at the end. I thought that was weird. They actually did well, though, compared to some of the other couples. Oh, absolutely. They did well. And by the way, Chet and Jess, despite Jess hitting her head. And giving herself a concussion, practically. Yeah, they did pretty well, too. They still managed to finish. Though Luke T and Shaunice, well... Finn nailed Luke T. Yeah, they got DQ'd in the gauntlet. That did not work out for them. Though Luke M and Demi absolutely killed it. Hashtag Lemmy was very agile and compatible. They worked really well together and they breezed right through. But the moment of the challenge has to be provided by Finn, who had one of the best falls I think I've ever seen on reality TV. Then tried to salvage the spaghetti and attempted to eat it. Yeah, that was so great. And they replayed the fall. I replayed the fall. It was great. Luke M and Demi obviously come away with the W, which is worthless and meaningless, but Yeah, they should them. at least give them a hideaway night or something. It's absurd that these challenges have no rewards. Indeed, they do. That's why you have to play season seven fantasy where you can actually get points that are meaningless and worthless for your chosen people winning a challenge. Yeah, play fantasy Love Island season seven. Look, it's pinned to my Twitter profile, LBLI podcast. And if you go on the Love Island subreddit, you can search for fantasy sports and you will find it posted 
there as well. But let's get to the main event. Yes, the main event of the evening. Now, this is one hell of an episode, a recoupling, a challenge. And now, you know, what I think of as really one of the most iconic sequences of Love Island. It's corny as all hell. Which is why we love it. There's sparkles. There's poems. There's a giant. And of course, we're talking about Luke T's plan to ask Shawnee to be his girlfriend, also known as Operation Fairy Tale. So he devises all these rhyming couplets. He gets all of his friends involved to help. Yeah, and challenges, like trivia questions for her. He says, you know, I'm going to send her on a quest. It's 2020. The princess can do the quest and the prince can wait in the castle. I love his little feminist spin on it. Even if I'm not sure how much it holds up, I love that he thought about it. Finn is jealous. Out of all the people in the house, Finn is jealous. I can't believe you thought of this. I sat and read a text to her. But Finn does help. He cuts out a crown. He actually does a pretty good job with the scissors. So good job, Finn. Yeah, it's really just a great arts and crafts project and scavenger hunt combined with a trivia game. Though those bejeweled faces on the Lukes, that was something else. That was like some carnival ice capade shit. I loved it. I loved it. I love when they're so comfortable in themselves that they can do something so silly and have a good time being silly and nobody's mocking them for it. You know, Luke T is showing his heart. Nobody's mocking him for it. There's a lot of healthy feelings on this show. There's a lot of healthy expression of joy and sentiment and I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, so wholesome compared to, you know, season five, for example, and some of the ways that people treated each other that season. Wow. Luke M delivers the crown to Shanice, and her first task is to go to the dragon's den. The dragon, of course, is Mike. The second quest, she must defeat Ched the Giant. And in the third piece of this quest, I guess she has to conquer the only couple that became boyfriend and girlfriend before they did. Yeah, the arch rivals. Well, also because Paige and Finn win all the challenges. Ah. So after defeating Paige and Finn, Shawnice is led to the palace bed and she looks so scared. We all know what's going to happen, but... How funny would it be if he went through all of this just to dump her? I also was wondering what would have happened if she didn't get the questions right? Like what if she couldn't answer one of them? He would just not ask her? Yeah, I guess maybe they would give her hints or something. One of them was hard. The one about the love triangle was hard because I was thinking Kana and Rebecca, not Wallace and Rebecca. Nah, but who was Luke T competing with? Not Kana with a G. It was Wallace. So I'm glad that Luke T wasn't asking me to be his girlfriend because I would have gotten it wrong and been eaten by the giant or something. So anyway, we all know what happens. Luke T asks her to be his girlfriend. He wants to show his intent for life outside the villa. Luke T looks ridiculous, but he is sincere. And of course, he pops the question and her reply is as expected. Oh, 100%. Of course. Except I don't think she says it like that. No, that was a little a little Staten Island of you. Well, I'm not from Bristol, so I did my best and that's how it came out. Luke T knows that Shawnee's has never been able to get commitment from the men in her past. He's really excited because not only does she deserve that, but he's the one who gets to give her the commitment. And I think it's really sweet. They're so mature. So mature. The episode wraps up with yet another bad cover. This one of Hall and Oates, You Make My Dreams Come True, which is a corny song, but it's a little bit of a bop. 
We have tried to use so much slang in this episode and we are failing so miserably. I don't know. I think bop has moved from teenage slang into the general lexicon. Oh man, we're the general lexicon now. What's next? After the general lexicon? I don't know. Admiral Thesaurus. <laughs> nice. Well, that wraps up our wrap up of the episode. So I think now it's time for a quick word from our sponsor. This September, when the kids head back to school, the grown-ups are heading to Friend Island. That's right. The hit reality competition show from the United Kingdom is crossing the pond, and we're welcoming eight islanders to the Friend Island bunkhouse. Hi, uh, I'm Jessica. Uh, I'm 34. Hi, my name is Kyle, and there's three things to know about me. I like deals, I like music, and I like Jesus Christ. Hi, my name is Karen, and I am a lifestyle blogger. My name is uh, Andy. I am Uncle Terry. Uh, I do like to party with the lights on because I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> That's a little joke. Hi, my name's Trevor. Um, I work uh, down at the docks. Hey, uh, hey everybody, I'm Jeff, uh, middle school band teacher. <laughs> the drama is intense as eight lonely damaged adults try to find meaningful connections and learn about themselves through learning about others. Wait, stick out your tongue. What? No. Stick out your tongue, Jeff. Did you what? lick it? Did what? you? Uh. Watch awkward antisocial buffoons as they train themselves in the fundamentals of human interaction. Who wants deviled eggs? Uncle Terry style. Mm. Oh my god, I would love deviled eggs. Thank you, Uncle Terry. You're welcome. I'll have some deviled eggs. There you go, Andy. Well, thank you. We'll have ridiculous games, heart-pounding challenges, and tearful confessions. One thing we won't have... One ounce of romance. This isn't Love Island, this is Friend Island, you know? This September, there's only one place to stream Friend Island US, and that's on Miranda. And there's only one official podcast for Friend Island US, and that's Little Bit Leave It. Hey guys, who's ready to have some fun, huh? Let's be friends! Thank you for listening to Little Bit Leave It. You can, of course, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And you can also support us on Patreon if you really, really like the podcast. We've got some cool stuff starting at just $2 per month. Patreon.com slash Little Bit Leave It. Yeah, our sponsor today is Friend Island U.S., which we're so excited about because this is the big news we teased a while back. We are the official podcast for the U.S. version of Friend Island that will be airing on Miranda. We are so hyped for this. Who would have thunk that little old us would be the exclusive carriers to interpret and analyze and bring you the joy that is Uncle Terry, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are going to be so excited to meet the people who are on Friend Island US. They've already recorded a lot of it. It's not going to be interactive like the UK version, but it's still going to be really great. We've started watching a few of the episodes. If you've ever seen the UK version of Friend Island, and you know a little bit what you're in for, but there are already, you can tell, there are going to be some great twists on the American version. 
And now I think it's time for our interview with Kathy and Joel from Worldwide Casting. You can go to worldwide-casting.com and go apply. Let us know what happens. Let us know if you get cast on any reality shows. So I have to ask you the questions now where I'm going to dig for a little juice. That was all very nice. So like, what was the craziest thing anyone ever said or did in a casting session? Or most memorable, it doesn't have to be juicy. I just, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask these very basic nosy questions. For me, as I'm watching the interviews take place and with Kathy and whatnot, the most memorable ones are (laughs) the one where everybody is crying, even me watching (laughs) it. Because these people open up and they share who they really are. Like the things that they share when they get into it is you can't help but feel for these people and and, and see what's going on. And everyone just comes together. It's like a crazy bonding interview experience. It Those is. And I mean, just their stories. I mean, the level of things that people have going on in their lives and why they want to be on a show and what it means to them. But the point is, is that to just watch us go through these submissions would be showing itself, I'll tell you. And then my other question was, have you cast anybody who's become kind of bigger than the show, like a Richard Hatch or an Omarosa, somebody who's now a household name? Yeah, a lot of the times, you know, they won't tell you who, you know, they're they're putting on. And since Joel and I, we really, I know it sounds terrible, but we don't watch reality TV, believe it or not. <laughs> How, how funny is that? When people are talking to us, we're just focused exactly on who they're looking for. And the only time we'll ever watch a show is when we need to get a better idea of who we're looking for. You know, so we don't really follow up on it a lot of the time. So Which seems kind of strange. But we know that we're we know when we get the feedback. Yes, you guys are on the right track. Keep going. So I would say we don't really follow up on that. Hmm. I mean, it does allow us to not be distracted in a certain way of going down certain rabbit holes of watching the show or getting caught up in something so that we are always fresh eyes when we're doing a new project. That does help in that It does, definitely. But we just are good at finding who it is that they're looking for. And that's kind of where we stop with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say over the years, it's definitely, we have heard of a few people, I would, I wouldn't even know the names right now who made it on the show and who are still doing whatever they're the Richard Hatch or whatnot. But like, I would just say that that's the reason why we're still in the business is because people are happy with who we're selecting. Yeah. We really get into the people. Definitely sounds like it. So if somebody is looking to get cast on a reality show, how can they tell the difference between a legitimate agency such as yours and the scammers who are out there the very first thing that right off the top the number one thing is if they ever ask you for money Boom. that's the number one thing to know no one should ever ask you for money when you're applying to a show if they come back and say we're going to need even 25 dollars to process your application they're a scammer period, because no one should ever be asking anybody for a dime. So even if you're asked for a dollar, don't do it. That's going to be the the first thing that you should know. 
And if they pump you for information or they need a credit card to secure anything, forget it. Do not do it. I mean, we get people asking us all the time about that. And the only reason is because they're trying to get money from you or get your personal information to sell it. So you have to be careful in terms of that. And that's something that we're getting ready to do, which is we're going to start putting tips on our site so that people will know and they can ask us any question they want to find that out. Because, I mean, in all the years we've been casting, we've never asked anybody who we have had submit to us for money ever. And no one should ever do that just so that they know right off the top. And there's a lot of scammers out there. Let me tell you, they comb for reality people. And it makes sense. They're thinking, okay, well, it's only $25. I can, I could see they need that for an application fee. No, they don't. They're being paid. Right. They don't get paid from you. It's free to apply. Yeah. They're, they're probably testing to see how much money they can get out of you. It may start with an application. Because then after you apply, they can say, hey, they're actually considering you. Now we need to do this and that, and we need you to do this and we need you to send us this much. And they just keep trying to do it until they've gotten as much as they know they can get out of you. And then they, then they disappear. So that's a really good thing to know. It's a good yeah. question. Yeah. And that's, I would say, the number one thing that people need to watch out for. Now, there are casting businesses online who... I wouldn't call them a scam at all in terms of you're paying them for a membership to be supplied with the opportunity to be casted on all these different castings that maybe they only exclusively get from a production company. So they're not asking you for money after the fact. They're asking you to pay a membership yearly fee like backstage, for example, one of the world's biggest ones. So there's that style of it. But one thing to keep in mind, which is okay, they're being paid by the production companies to put the castings out there. And as long as you're okay with knowing that you're paying them to not do anything, then that's okay. Because that's just extra money income for them. And if you're okay with that, okay. Well, the ones that she's, Kathy's referring to are the ones who are, if it feels shady, if it looks shady, if you can't tell who they are, and if they're hiding behind something and you don't feel like it's a good thing to go with, First of all, Google them. Secondly, type in their name into Google and type scammer at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Ask a certain, just keep on checking them out online first because the ones that are obvious scammers will have been busted before and somebody will be talking about them somewhere and you'll be able to find that information. Like Kathy said on our site, we're gonna have a list of the known scammer sites people can comment or be like, hey, is this one a cast? Is this one a scam? We're just going to keep the list going. Because now they're just popping up everywhere. Because even people who they uh, submitting an application to us for the first time, there a lot of them are really hesitant. Like, how do we know you're not a scammer? It's really funny because our database, since we communicate with people all the time in our database, they jump on it and defend us. We don't even rarely have to answer ourselves. They're just like, I applied, they, I got contacted. It's funny because the people who know you over time start to then come in and defend you. But again, just what Joel was saying, Googling it is another big way because there's going to be a chance that they've been scamming other people before. So 
That's all really helpful. And it's really nice that you're putting it on the website. I mean, I'm a relatively savvy person and it would never dawn on me that, you know, $25, that's a problem. That's what I mean. That's why I bring that up. They'll, they'll, They'll go for any amount they can because they can do it times thousands. Yeah, they'll start off really small. The first one could be a dollar just so that they weed out who's going to pay, who won't. And as soon as you put in that dollar... There's going to be another one for a little more and a little more and a little more. And they're going to be making you think that you're getting closer and closer to being on the show. So you're getting, you get all excited. It's never any huge amount. So you just keep giving them these little bits thinking you're actually going, moving down the turnpike to getting on the show. And all they're doing is just pumping you for money. But on their side of it, they're doing that 10,000 times a day with 10,000 different people. Right. So it definitely adds up for them if it's a dollar or twenty dollars. That's right. Times ten thousand. I mean, that's pretty good business right there if you're okay with doing that. Yeah, if you're okay with being a criminal and being unethical. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm kind of thinking that gee, maybe I should start my own scam casting company. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't have whatever it takes or the lack of whatever one needs to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, when you think how hard a lot of these people work and that they're always on the run. You'd think if you put that much energy into something, try to find something legit. Yeah, absolutely. Right. How can people get in touch with you? We mentioned the website worldwide-casting.com. What are all the ways that people can get in touch with you? Yes, our website has all the application forms on it. And anyone can apply to any one of them. They're all free and open to everybody worldwide. So If you see one on there, we update them regularly. Feel free to check out the information. On every application, there is our email address. You can ask us any kind of questions. We're also on most of the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, basically anything. We have an account there. And after you apply to a show, you get an email that has a list of everything that we're on. We have our phone number on Instagram. You can text us. You can WhatsApp us. You can telegram us. We basically try and make it as accessible as possible. And we answer everybody's question. I mean, Joel is great about that. We don't ignore people. Most sites you go to will ignore your question because they're just ripping through people. But we do answer everybody's question. So if you have a question, don't don't hesitate on asking us. We will get back to you and we will answer your question. They can get backlogged sometimes, but like Kathy said, we will get to you. Yep. Wow. That's very, very cool. So we actually have a growing audience in a couple of different countries right now. So the fact that you are doing worldwide is interesting. We have now, India is now our second largest market behind the United States. Wow. Overtaking, yeah, overtaking the UK. We have a, we know we have our UK listeners out there. We love you guys. But the Indian music app called Ghana, G-A-A-N-A, when you search for Love Island Podcast, guess who's at number one? Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, and we're really excited to have you guys. So thank you, thank you so much for all of the time. This Great. was really, really fun. And, and heartening. I said it before, but I'll say it again. It was heartening. You know, your approach, your personalities. If you are at all interested in applying to be on a reality TV show, go to worldwide-casting.com, talk to Kathy, talk to Joel. They will answer your questions, apply, go and do it. What are you waiting for? Yay. <laughs> so, thanks so much. Thanks We're a so lot, glad you to guys. Have you. Really great talking with you. Yeah, thank you.
I think we all learned a lot about reality TV casting. From one shock to another, are you ready for some culture shock? Yeah, let's do it. I only have one brief one. There's the mention of a tatty scone and square sausage. Sorry, I didn't write down the context. A tatty scone is a potato scone made of boiled potatoes and liberally buttered and salted. It sounds freaking delicious. I told you I was hungry. This didn't help. And a square sausage is a square sausage. But together, a tatty scone and square sausage is a very Scottish breakfast. So a square sausage would be like a sausage patty that's square. Right? Yeah. No, and not a dorky sausage either. It's a very Scottish breakfast. I think Ian mentions it when Luke and Demi are on the date. Similarly, I've got a very short one. I think Shauna mentions something about a kip, which is UK slang for nap or sleep. People will say, oh, I've kippered out. Kipper is also a fish, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It is. Are they sleepy little fishies? Maybe. There's also a cartoon character named Kipper. He's a little dog. He's also from the UK. Okay. It is time for the TNA report. The TNA report. Now, I know we promised you a lot of recoupling fashion for this episode, and I have failed miserably. Yeah, I have like two notes from the recoupling night, but I do have some from the second night. Well, I will address a couple things, though, from the recoupling. First of all, Jess's tan dress made no sense upon rewatch. I don't get it, and I don't like it, and it sucks. I do love Paige's black dress with the lace-up sides, and Priscilla's pink eyeshadow really stood out. It looked gorgeous and almost ethereal. Yeah, Priscilla looks great. I also liked her dress, which is weird because I feel like Demi or somebody else wore a somewhat similar dress that I really did not like. But Priscilla, I think, really pulled it off. My big negative from that night is Luke T's vest and shirt combo. What are you thinking, Luke? Yeah, you know, he can get away with some more retro looks, but that one went too far. Sorry, Luke. But speaking of Luke's... I really liked Luke M's yellow, sexy Charlie Brown date look. Oh, yeah. You know, all he needed was like the black zigzag along the bottom and it would have been a Charlie Brown shirt. I don't know. It just was really cute. It was an unexpected color and he looked good in it. Luke M like dresses like the sexiest boyfriend. Also from daytime, I really like Jess's pink and black bikini. Nice to see Jess in something that looks nice and isn't cheap and red. Finally, Operation Fairytale. Shawnice's white dress looked fantastic. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. Her white dress is great, but her hair. A few hours later, at the end of the night, it's not as put together, obviously. But when she steps out that evening with that hair, I thought her hair was fantastic. And don't forget the red lip for Valentine's Day. Yep. And Luke M looked fantastic until you hit the knees. I loved the sport jacket and I hated the short, tight pants. Yeah, I think people are going to look back at the fashions from these last few years. Like we now look back at the weird ass giant collars from 1980 and 1981 and all the polyester leisure suits. I mean, this is a weird aberration in fashion, in my opinion. I do not get it and not my thing. Obviously, I'm older than these guys. But I thought you were so plugged into fashion. You tell me all the time how fashion plugged in you are. Well, I know what's going on. So shouldn't your opinion be the right opinion then? That's what I'm saying. I think that this current style of men wearing capri pants 
tight. Yeah, I think it's an aberration. Yeah. I don't think this is something we're going to be returning to every 15 years or something like that. God, I hope not. I'm going to have to make fun of my own kid. Like you don't do that already. I try not to. Not to his face anyway. The only thing that really deserves mocking in this episode, in my opinion, though, are Luke T and Luke M's facial bedazzling. I no, cannot get over it. It's, they're so wholesome. It's not the issue of them doing it. It's the specific patterns that they have laid out. All right. Well, you go be sad in the corner. I'm going to go rank the couples. I'm not sad in the corner. I'm here ranking the couples with you. All right. Let's rank the couples. I think we can go top to bottom because everybody knows who's coming in at number one this week. Paige and Finn. No. No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's Shawnice and Luke T at number one. How can you make any other choice? I mean, you could, but you'd be wrong. Yeah. But Paige and Finn do come in at number two. Because they're awesome and Paige underwent a great heartbreak and Finn was not only comforting her, but also felt sad with her. And, you know, I love Hot Miss Piggy and the Puppy Man. So onward. Onward to Luke and Demi who come in at number three. Hearts and stars, bicycles. Yeah, good date, good recoupling, good for them. Mike and Priscilla at number four. And the only reason they're ever this low, in my opinion, is just because they weren't in the episode that much. Correct. Same thing for number five, Jess and Ched. Mike's speech was better, so we gave him the edge over Ched. Yep. Ched. And then coming in at number six, it's Callum and Molly. And again, not that they did anything particularly wrong. Callum's speech was fine. Molly had a piss face on when Demi was getting ready for the date. I don't know. It seems almost like the producers don't like them because they've gotten almost no screen time if they're not fighting. Yeah, it's true. They get basically no screen time. Jess and Ched maybe a little bit more, but our basement couple frankly i think they should get zero screen time whenever natalia does say anything it's 90 percent of the time it's nasty so number seven natalia and jamie apologies to jamie without natalia you would have floated a little higher i mean maybe he wouldn't have had anyone to couple up with so that's true he would be by himself and so we did not rank shauna instead we're gonna pour one out for shauna we knew ye too well best of luck good riddance don't let the door hit you on the way out Wow, that was a little mean. Good riddance. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Her time on the show was done. I was done with her. Yeah, but yeah, there was a period of the time in this show at, during this rewatch where I was like pretty down on Shauna. You know, she's got that natural charisma and I'm back on Team Shauna by the time she's leaving. Are you really? Do you know how much of you ragging on Shauna I've cut from these episodes? Probably a lot. Boku. But I'm on Team Shauna again, so... So that's what's important. That's what's important. Well, you know what? Shauna's kind of an asshole, but she's our asshole. That's right. So, like I said, we'll pour one out for her. Her time was done, and I'm glad to see her go with her head held high. Yeah, and she has actually, to her credit, behaved ethically, for the most part, some diet pill scams and so forth. But since leaving the show, she's been certainly supportive of Demi with her recent cancer diagnosis, and she's struck up a great friendship with Sophie. Good for Shauna. Good for Shauna and good for us. Yeah, we've got six episodes left. One week of Love Island left, including the final episode. This is crazy. We're almost done with season six. There's still a lot left. We still got the amazing baby episode. Oh, man. We've got the family episode. Another one of my favorites. And the not quite a wedding, but kind of feels like one final. Yeah. I think we're going to have one more guest host. So we're going to just make sure that everybody's recording schedule matches up and then we will have that. We have no idea what we're bringing to you for deep dives. So buckle up, babies. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to do because we don't have any more interviews in the can. 
this could get weird. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. But not sticking it in us. No. <laughs> but not sticking it on us. And we will talk to you guys about episode 31 of season six next week. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at LBLI podcast. At LBLI Peng. Seriously, if you know the part of Grease 2 that I'm talking about, I need to talk to you. Email us. We want to hear from you. Littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. I think we got some new listeners in New Zealand. What's up? I hope it's a flight of the Concords. Do they still live in New Zealand? No, but maybe their moms do. Until next time. From Staten Island. To Love Island. Is it quite oldie worldie?